Hello everybody and good morning to you. It's morning when I'm recording this and I hope you're doing well. Welcome back to giving you everything. Today I do not have a formal agenda, just what I like to call table gripes. I guess I'm like trying to make this a series. I don't, I don't know. It was like one of those thoughts. If you've ever seen The Gilmore Girls, the great television show, American television sensation about Lorelai Gilmore and her daughter, three generations of women. <laughs> Awkward. She left out Emily. Anyway, I'm not here to promote the show, but if you're a fan of the show or if you've seen the show before, you know there's this one episode. I forget what exactly is going on in Lorelai's life, but she's definitely having a high stress moment. And there's this opening scene where she wakes up like every two seconds in the middle of the night with a new idea or something that she doesn't want to forget. And so she calls her workplace, calls her phone number, and waits for the answering machine and leaves herself a vocal note and that is basically all that I have to talk about today yeah so does anybody else do that I feel like this makes me sound like very disorganized like there's something weird going on in my brain but I used to leave thousands of ideas on post-it note this was like during my first job my first job in the real world actually I don't know if you could call it my first job in the real world but it was like my first career position in the real world it was an internship at a tech company and I think I did not realize how much I disliked working there. Um, I also had a job at the mall at the same time and I loved going to that job at the mall more than I loved going to my internship. Like I would openly talk about my mall job at my internship. Employee of the month over here. Red flag? Probably. Probably. But I remember very vividly spending most of my time at that job daydreaming and then every time I would have an idea, I would just write it down on a random scrap of paper or a post-it note and then I would just have like a thick cake full of these dirty, grimy, stained, hairy looking post-it notes with my handwriting. My handwriting was more legible then, but like I would look back on these post-it notes and be like, what? the heck was I even thinking about? I can't even decipher what's on this post-it note. Part of it too was like, oh, I was at work. So I was trying to like jot down the idea really quickly and elaborate, like not elaborate on it too much so that in case somebody else saw it, they weren't like, what? (laughs) But in the end, I think like maybe my ideas were all just really half-baked. And so I ended up with a tons of dirty scraps of paper and just sitting by myself wondering what (laughs) so that's just a little bit about me does anybody else do that tell me please somebody tell me that you do that too because I don't want to be alone in this or I guess like this will just be one of my fun little quirks (laughs) but anyway some things that have been on my mind these are like the dirty post-it note equivalents of my mind this is like the digital edition but the first thing I just wanted to like 
bring up and chit chat about was being addicted to my phone. <sighs> this is a tough one for me to talk about um, because I really take a lot of pride in the fact that I essentially eliminated nearly all of my personal social media. I mean, with the Instagram is the exception, but I am like always logged out of Instagram. I'm never logging into Instagram. I'm never opening the app. I'm never like checking up on other people like I'm also just personally not interested in what people that I am acquainted with in real life are doing on Instagram. I realized a few years ago maybe 10 10 years ago that is called a decade uh, that checking Instagram and taking in what people were sharing about their lives on the internet was causing me great stress and I found that I think I had a lot more self-awareness back then I started to realize I would be logging into Instagram the the meat of my Instagram consumption habits the bulk of it was like what celebrities were doing and what internet influencers were we're doing I guess they're just plain influencers just call them what their real name is but I was really interested in like following these glamorous people that I did not know in real life and then all of a sudden I would see a post from somebody that I went to high school with or that I like met one time at this thing and I think like at the time when Instagram was newer it made sense and it was fun but like now Instagram is like a game that everybody plays and they know how to play the game and I am not very good at playing the game. And so I would just spend, first of all, all my time lurking around on posts. And then second of all, I would come across a post and it would really bring me down. And like my whole mood, my whole day, my whole week, my whole life. My whole life would be ruined. Um, that's, yeah, that's an overstatement for sure. But all I know is that it really did not make me feel good. It made me feel really inadequate. And it really encouraged the dark side of me who loves to, like, take a hot S on me and my life and my accomplishments and my choices and really kick off our favorite topic of conversation. What on earth are you doing with your life? Honestly, it's a great and it's a valid question, but that is not a question that I wanted to be answering in conversation with my worst self, with my worst critic. So that is my long way of saying that I then and there decided to just remove myself from all social media except for Instagram. Listen, we're not perfect. So I got rid of like 89% of all my social media. And that's just a little context to say that I thought I was sitting here on my high horse of cord cutting. I guess it's not really cord cutting, but like, you know, trying to pretending that I'm living off the grid, sitting up on high on my little hill of self-righteousness and um, feeling so pleased with myself, thinking that I do not have an attachment to my phone. And I also think that because I don't typically display like your standard phone habits. Like I'm not 
not, I don't get stressed when other people hold my phone. Like if a stranger is touching my phone. Like you ever go to the Apple store for help and at the Genius Bar, there's always that moment of trepidation where they're like, okay, so we're done taking notes. I'm done assessing your situation and hearing your little sob story about why your computer is in shambles or your phone is in shambles. And now's the time that I physically evaluate the hardware. They kind of like timidly like hold out their hand. They're like, oh, can I? Is it okay if I? That's like a, (laughs) I think if it were like literally anything else, people would not be so like gentle about it. But people are like emotionally like deeply connected to their phones and I didn't ever feel that way I have no qualms about handing my phone off to a stranger letting them touch it let, letting them hold it letting them use it da 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 and um I'm also like uh this is probably like a whole other ball of wax and a total other problem but I'm like a notoriously bad texter I will like see the text message and not feel that urge to respond like my phone has like a bajillion notifications I mean I'm not that popular but (laughs) it's mostly because like people over time have pinged me and I just do not respond I don't respond. I'm more of like an in-person girl, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so I feel like it's totally normal for me to like leave my phone somewhere and then like go off and do something for hours and like not even notice, care, or need it. I really only need my phone to like call my mom and to like use a GPS. Priorities. So that's where I'm at with that. I think having established this as a core part of my identity, I always thought, oh no, I'm not like one of those people who are addicted to the blue light. But you know what? I have been trying for over a year to break this really bad habit that I have. I get sucked into my phone and I get sucked in right before bed, (laughs) which is like the absolute worst time in the world to get sucked into your phone. But I've done it like every single night this week. It's just really tough. The point that I'm at with my social media journey, I feel like I my addiction is not understandable because I am constantly going on YouTube and I'm constantly watching stuff that's like something an old lady would watch. And why am I getting sucked into it for hours, literal hours? And it kind of like started during the start of the panini when I was working at home away from all my friends and I was working at a job that I really, it really drained me and I was very unhappy. And so like I would spend all day on my computer and then I would be like, I just literally don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to do anything. I just want to zone out. I want to tune out and I want to watch hours of feel good content. So I would just immediately hop onto YouTube, watch moms on YouTube. I would watch those cute animal videos, you name it. I'd just be watching it for hours. And promos for Netflix specials like a sucker.
and most recently YouTube has released this YouTube shorts because they're obviously trying to compete with TikTok and with Instagram stories I guess um we're basically I feel like I'm watching like a bootleg TikTok <laughs> which is just weird to say weird to think about because like I don't know I can't even get into that today I want to say it's 25% recordings of TikToks and then or maybe even more than that 45% and then the rest is like YouTube people creators I guess they like to be called trying to make this feature work for them but yes I got sucked into that for hours and I've been doing it every single night and let me tell you it has disrupted my sleep greatly and I'm so mad with myself because I was doing really good I mean sleep has been a really like sleep and I have gone on a real journey we've come a long way we've had a lot of ups we've had a lot of downs we've had a lot of deep down low lows and I feel like I was starting to kind of like find a groove I had started to drink less coffee and like stick to my bedtime and yeah so exciting i know but the thing about the youtube is that i would watch one video and the stupid thing is is that i would often watch a video that i've watched a few times before and i'd be like let me watch this and of course as i'm watching i'm scrolling through the recommended and i'm like oh this looks good too so let me just do one more and then one more and then one more and one more one more one more i promise this is the last one spoiler alert and it's never it's never the last one and then like come my bedtime it's usually like one more and then the next thing I know it's like an hour past my bedtime my eyes feel dry and gritty not to mention that I have been staring at a screen all day on top of this like whole little YouTube binge that I've done where I'm holding my phone like literally five inches away from my face that can't be good for my eyes either and then I go to bed and my mind, my eyeballs are so full of that blue light. They're ready to seize the day because they think it's 9 a.m. because we've been just staring into the sun, basically. The digital equivalent of staring into the sun. And my eyes are all gritty and dry. And then my body starts to yawn and she's like, girl, you should have been like asleep hours ago. And my mind is just wide awake and I cannot break the this habit why do i love watching youtube so much why does it give me so much dopamine does anybody else have this problem does anybody else care this much about sleep maybe this is why i sound so unhinged all the time it's because i'm not getting enough sleep i like insist on waking up at 5 30 and then i also just cannot say no to youtube it's ruining my life or is it making it better it's really confusing i think it's got a hold on my brain it definitely does because i haven't been sleeping <laughs> and another thing i can't say no to is volunteering for dumb things you know what like do you remember a couple of years ago shonda rhimes had this book about her year of yes in it she's i mean i never read it but i have a friend who's like a really big shonda rhimes fan thursday was her favorite day of the week because it was abc's tgit and that meant that like it was three hours of all shonda content and so she just lived for that she was like obsessed with Grey's anatomy would tell me all about it 
like I remember I mean not just spoil the show but like something tragic you might say life ending <laughs> happened to one of the characters on the show she came to tell me about it and she was in tears in tears so anyway she's a big fan of Shonda and I mean it makes sense Shonda's a very accomplished woman and she read the book and was telling me like yeah it's all about you know saying yes to opportunities da 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 I feel like I need to have a decade of no <laughs> because I am just like I'm such a people pleaser. And if there are any people pleasers like listening to this right now, you you know how I feel, right? Because you and I, we're the same. And even if you don't want to relate to me, you would say, you would raise your hand and say, oh, yes, 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 because you're a people pleaser. <laughs> ah, so I'm like a deeply seated people pleaser. And I like to think that I'm not because, you know, behind closed doors and when I'm feeling all confident, it's just like me and my friend. I am talking all this trash i'm talking so much trash like i'm so confident i am like controlling my space and my time and my energy and how it's being used and in reality when i talk to somebody who i'm not that close with i become another person chelsea handler has a little sketch about this i think she it was part of one of her stand-up routines about how she has this friend who's like a grown woman a fully grown woman and how they would go out to dinner and then it'd be time to order and then her friend would be talking to her normally just like this and when the waiter comes over she would go um hi can I get the penne a la vodka I don't know and how her voice would just like jump 10 octaves and how women are basically socially conditioned to do that like whether you realize it or not and you know what that is a pretty bad habit of mine but I will say like give me a break because my voice is like already pretty high and when I get excited around other people it gets even higher my voice goes to this place like up on a mountain up high Mount Olympus it goes up there and it doesn't want to come down so I happen to do that around people and maybe it's like a stress reaction like I just I don't know I don't know what it is classic stranger danger response why do I get all weird around strangers tell me do you do you get weird around strangers do we all is this a universal experience but this is normally how it goes and especially at work my voice will get all high I'll seem really shy to people and I'll seem really timid to people probably because I am being shy and timid without realizing it and then people will have all these ideas and and I'm always the dumb one who volunteers after a majorly long tangent we arrive back at our original topic not volunteering for things because like i don't want to let people down i don't know why do i care about letting these people down they don't care about letting me down (laughs) and i know that makes me sound so petty and i shouldn't be like so tit for tat but also this is happening to me most in the workplace for things that i volunteered for like my first mistake was to volunteer and you know what i know this is making me sound like a trash person but let me just qualify by saying like i totally believe in volunteering 
And the caveat about volunteering is that like there's a dark side. Nobody ever tells you about volunteering because they're always so desperate to get volunteers because it's incredibly, insanely difficult to get a volunteer. And on top of that, the volunteer that is going to bring you the most value is the person who is dedicated and loyal and consistent and reliable and all of these things. Like basically they want a regular employee who they don't have to pay. And you know what? That's great. There's a lot of value in that. Time is valuable. People's energy and their expertise is valuable. But nobody, nobody, nobody on this earth is good enough at customer service or people management or social skills or just being a human, a decent human. Nobody's good enough at any of those things to hold on to a good volunteer. Whoa. Someone is actively working through their trauma as we speak. So anyway, that's my little rant. I'll get off my soapbox. I did come out of the world of corporate philanthropy, so I'm a little scarred. <laughs> but that's my personal experience. And I've actually like spent a lot of my own time volunteering at places. And let me tell you, it's never 10 out of 10. Well, I will say like it is 10 out of 10 when you have somebody who's like a good manager, who's like a good people manager and they know how to like pay attention to you, make sure that you have what you need. But like a lot of times I found myself like volunteering at places that I felt so underappreciated and I was like why the heck am I here for example let me let me tell you a little story just to like gripe even more In my early 20s, I spent maybe like half a year volunteering at a children's museum. And this children's museum was like not near my house by any means. And I spent every Saturday taking a, maybe like an hour and a half train ride one way to get to the museum. And I had to like, not only did I spend an hour and a half riding on this noisy ass train, <laughs> and I love riding trains, don't get me wrong, I really love riding trains, but this particular train has a reputation for being like deafening like ear splitting deafeningly loud and so I don't you know I didn't really mind it but I would also have to spend like maybe 30 to 45 minutes driving to the train station finding parking paying for parking and then buying my little ticket getting my booty on that train and sitting for an hour and a half in like ear it literally sounded like the what you hear at the gates of hell like maybe I'll find a soundbite although that may give away <laughs> where I was going but anyway if you know you know but I would spend a significant amount of time before I would even get to the location to volunteer and then I would go to volunteer and I would spend my entire Saturday afternoon maybe like a four or five hour shift maybe I'm making that up maybe I'm being dramatic but I would spend like the entire afternoon volunteering at this place and I would suffer all kinds of abuse because if you've ever been to a children's museum, you know that it's essentially like a dumping ground for the children of exhausted parents. <laughs> 
One time I got sassed by a six-year-old. I was just trying to be nice. And I think I, I was like giving out supplies. And he called me lady. He was like, I don't need orange clay. I said pink clay, lady. And I was like, what the? What were your parents? I guess they don't give a but anyway, I was like, that's fine. This will only make me stronger. That's okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like breaking inside. I'm like, first of all, he called me lady. So he obviously thinks I'm old. And second of all, I am definitely his elder. So he shouldn't be talking to me like that at all. Like, who is going to... I come from that kind of family, so I expect that kind of um, negative reinforcement. But surprisingly, we're not here to talk about the products of Asian parenting. So anyway, I spent six months volunteering at this place where kids would sass me to my face and then I had to like say nothing because they weren't my kids. And then at one of the last days before I finally decided to quit, we would wipe down the entire space at the end of the day. And then we would share about our experiences or something like that. A little feel good moment. That's how they try to get you to stay. They make you openly reflect on how you felt about it. And then you, you trick yourself into saying out loud and thinking that you had a good time, feel good about what you did, and you'll come back. Well, this time in the circle, I was called on and the woman that I had been working for with under for six months forgot my name. <gasps> she could not even remember my name. And I was like, y'all, I am out of here. I am out of here. You do not care about me. I am just a body. I am just a free head count to you. And I don't need to be called lady no more by some kid that I do not know. So um, thank you for your time. Thank you for the memories. And I will be moving on my merry way. And that is how I feel about volunteering. Because when you're a people pleaser, you always hear the person asking and the anticipation in their voice and you just don't want to let them down you just think i think in the back of your mind oh but they look so sad and they need somebody and i could do that very easily and nobody else is stepping up and like i want the gold star of the week of the month of the year of my life um and so oh uh, here i go i'll raise my hand and you know what you raise your hand they never remember your name they dump all this work on you that they didn't want to do and nobody else wanted to do and they think that they can do it because you raised your hand right you said you wanted to do this you said you would give your time and your energy and your love and your emotions and your whole life and your youth to do this thing that nobody else wanted to do and then you just feel all this resentment towards them and you're like why the heck how did I end up here again? So I feel like that's another thing, another habit that I'm trying to break is volunteering for things. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I feel like before I was grouchy and it was like kind of dark, but now I'm grouchy and I feel like I can laugh at it. So this feels like justified, but I just feel like I'm having this realization. Like I used to spout all this commentary about how my time is precious and that I value myself and I respect myself. And that if you expect people to treat you with respect, that you need to treat yourself the same way. Like you need to take yourself that seriously. Like, you know how they say you need to dress 
dress for the job Mm. dress for the job above the one that you want and all those kinds of things act the part and I think it's true but also I think you know like volunteering is great can be this really beautiful and powerful experience but it really takes a load of kismet and serendipity you need all the right elements I mean like this is true for anything in life like if you want to have a good team like a successful team of any kind like a work team uh an art collective a sports team you need to have this synergy like magical synergy it's only magical because people spend so much time thinking about what they need instead of how they're coming off to other people that it just like the whole team just breaks down and so that is why i am just i'm saying it here right now for public record i'm not volunteering for stuff unless i like totally thousand percent believe that it's gonna be worth my time that i can bring value to it and i can do a good job and that i know that people that i'm working with are going to take me seriously and value my time very importantly remember my name remember my gd name people it's one thing i know there's a million people but like write it down bring a piece of paper if you're reading off a piece of paper like people won't fault you they'll be like at least she's trying but anyway sorry i'm back i got a little sidetracked but yeah i guess those are my two main gripes i had a longer list but i ended up spending 30 minutes griping today about like just breaking some bad habits this week or this month this year this lifetime i'm gonna stop i'm gonna stop watching youtube before bed my eyes can't take it no more i'm having trouble seeing things like five feet away from me because i keep watching a tiny little screen that's only two inches away from me and i'm gonna stop volunteering for stuff like why do i keep falling into this trap where people put out bad ideas and wait for everyone to bite and then i always raise my hand you know what I will be keeping my hands to myself. We will be volunteering for less things. I feel like, you know, volunteering, that's real time that you're putting in. That's real emotion that you're putting in. That's real emotional abuse that you have to withstand sometimes. And you have to treat it like a real job. I think like the older that I get, the more I realize time is so precious. And like, I cannot, I cannot just be spending it on whoever asks. It is mine. Just because you asked doesn't mean I need to give it to you no but it's true tell me i'm wrong tell me i'm wrong and that you don't feel that way too and you know what you can tell me all these things by leaving a review see how smooth this transition was leave us a review please leave us a review on apple Podcasts and or send us an email at givingyoupodcast at gmail.com let's cheers this week to cute videos on youtube cheers to that Um, but watching less of the cute videos right before bed and also cheersing to respecting your own time and boundaries for your own personal fulfillment and growth volunteering is great but volunteer wisely all right clink thanks for hanging out with me and griping with me this week i'll talk to you guys next week bye